What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 17 of Preloaded, the podcast dedicated to previewing and talking about all of the biggest and most exciting upcoming video games. My name is Josh Finderup, and I am joined, as always, by the other half of Preloaded, Jackson Vanover. How are you doing, Jackson? I'm doing great, Josh. Just getting back into the swing of things after the holiday, and I'm excited for our show this week. Yeah, we have a little bit of a lighter news week thanks to the holiday, but we are going to talk about some Halo Infinite news, a little bit of cyberpunk news, and we have some very peculiar Grand Theft Auto news to talk about. And we're going to take out our crystal ball and look forward into 2021 and make some fun predictions about what we think might happen, what might get released, revealed, delayed, all that stuff. So you want to stay tuned for all of that. But first, you can catch Preloaded. We post every Friday on both of our YouTube channels. I'm Quest Mode on YouTube, and Jackson is JV, J-A-Y-V-E-E. If you prefer to listen, you can catch the podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you are listening on any of those platforms, we'd love for you to leave a review. That's probably the single biggest thing you could do to help us grow our audience. A positive review, that is, if you are enjoying the podcast. You can also write into Preloaded at the email address preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. We welcome all of your feedback, but we'd love to get your questions. At the end of the show, we dig into our mailbag and answer one of your questions on the show. So if there's anything you want to hear us talk about, write in and let us know. And speaking of questions, we're going to kick things off as we always do with our segment, Who the Hell Are These Guys? And are you ready, Jackson? I am. All right. The question we are asking this week is, what game or games do you most want to finish or return to that you, for whatever reason, put down and just never came back to? I think a lot of this of us run into this as gamers. Um, just so many games come out, and sometimes it makes sense to play some over others. And for this one, my answer is Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, I, I always thought that that looked like a really fun, dynamic, open world where you could just screw around and play with the physics and have a really good time. But I never just found the time to play that game. And I also never found that I had the patience to kind of play around and get that kind of enjoyment out of it. So kind of a unique answer, but that's mine. Nice. Yeah, I never finished Metal Gear Solid Five either. But for mine, I'm going way back. So there was a game, a, a Squaresoft game, back when they were Squaresoft on the Super Nintendo that I played when I was a kid, and it's called Secret of Evermore. It's kind of like a unofficial sequel to Secret of Mana, and I played it, I loved it, and then I put it down, and it's always been on my radar for some reason. Totally obscure game, but uh, Secret of Evermore. Definitely look it up if you're into old-school RPGs. I can't imagine our audience is too into that, but if you are... Um, that's kind of an obscure one that I never, never finished. And I haven't, I actually own the game. So maybe one day I will. It's it's the one that got away, Josh. It sure is. So we are now going to move on to our Out This Week segment, where we look at all of the upcoming games the week following uh, the posting of this podcast. So Monday through the following Friday. It's actually kind of a busy week. Um, there, There's a little game coming out that you may have heard of, but there's more than just that. Uh, we kick things off on Tuesday, December 8th with Destiny 2, both the full game and the expansion Beyond Light. 
Uh, the next-gen versions for Xbox Series X and S and PlayStation 5 come out. Uh, that is a free update if I uh, if, if memory serves. So I think you, that's right. Yeah, so you can look forward to that if you're a Destiny player and you have a next-gen console. Uh, a little game called Call of the Sea. Now, this was not on my radar until I just heard yesterday that it's coming out also on Tuesday, December 8th. I don't know if you remember, Jackson. This was highlighted in an Xbox showcase, and it's this first-person puzzle adventure game that actually looks really intriguing. Do you remember that at all? I do. I have a, I have a vague memory of it, and it kind of reminds me of, I think it was called Abzu, to, yeah. to a certain degree, a first-person underwater exploration game. Yep. So this one uh, definitely looks intriguing to me. I may be checking that out. Uh, Doom Eternal, all of a sudden, Bethesda's like, hey, Doom Eternal's finally coming out on Switch. So that's also on Tuesday, December 8th. So that's super exciting for Switch owners. That is such a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. And then Cyberpunk 2077 comes out on Thursday, December 10th. So um, drop what you're doing. Uh, Cyberpunk is finally here. It looks like they are finally going to release it. Copies are you know, apparently out in the wild. And I don't think hell or high water are going to stop at this time. I should knock on wood, though. <laughs> you never know. Some kind of devastating 2020 thing could happen. I mean, we've had plenty of those already. Yep. And then uh, the game with Guts that's releasing on the same day as Cyberpunk is a little game called Haven. I put this on the list just because it's been highlighted in a number of uh, state of play showcases. And I've seen it some other places. It's this indie game where you're playing this couple uh, through a relationship. And it also has some exploration. It looks like a really intriguing indie game. But um, man, uh, releasing on the same day as Cyberpunk. Yeah, it's it seems like they're just going for the very opposite crowd. Uh, and I'm sure there is one there. There are people that aren't going to want to play Cyberpunk. Yeah, yep. Um, so those are the games coming out. It's a busy week, a uh, lot to look forward to. And we also have some games to look back on in our review roundup. Uh, not as many games, but there are some games that released uh, this week. And Immortals Phoenix Rising actually comes out on the 3rd of December, which should be the day before this podcast posts. Okay, I got my day straight. So it'll be out by the time you are listening or watching this. And it has a critic average of 80% and a recommended score of 76%. And Jackson, we both got to play this. We're going to talk about it later in the show. But how do you feel about the score? Yeah, I generally thought that this score should have been a teeny tiny bit higher. I know that's a little weird to say, but just from my experience with the game, I think it's more of a uh, a B plus, like an 85 game than an 80. Yeah. Yeah. It, it scored a little lower than I would have liked to, but I am glad to see some of the, you know, some of the, the games media, like the IGNs and the game spots were not too high on it, but a lot of the content creators who review games on their own really gave it outstanding reviews. And I would be among them. I love this game. I do too. Yeah. So we'll talk about more. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, Empire of Sin got a critic average rating of 69%, recommended score of 36%. So not doing great there. Uh, if you were looking forward to that, that's the like top-down uh, role-playing game that's like in the Mafia uh, kind of theme. Uh, then Twin Mirror, which is Don't Nod's uh, kind of murder mystery that they recently came out with, has a critic average of 68% and a recommended score of 46%, which is disappointing to me. I was looking forward to that game. Yeah, it, it seems like... I don't want to say more of the same, but it wasn't Don't Nod's last game, which only came out not too long ago now. Didn't it score similarly, I feel like? 
Um, what was that? Was tell me why? I think it scored a little bit better, and uh, okay. it, it also gotcha. was another kind of murder mystery. But it, um, yeah, it took place in Alaska. It was, uh, it was, it was more don't nod. This has more um, exploration. Twin Mirror has more like exploration and detective elements to it, which is gotcha. why it looked intriguing to me. But, anyways, that's what came out last week and was getting reviewed. Hopefully, next week we're looking at cyberpunk reviews. That's super exciting, man! Can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. And with that, we are going to take our first break. And when we come back, we are going to get into the week in previews. We'll be right back. And we're back. We are now going to get into the week in previews where we talk about all of the recent headlines about upcoming video games. And we're going to kick things off with Halo Infinite. So apparently there were some rumors that Halo Infinite, I mean, I think everybody has kind of speculated about this, that Halo Infinite might have a Battle Royale mode. And one of the... um, I don't know if he's a developer. The community director at 343 Industries came out on Twitter, I believe, and responded. He said, quote, nothing gets a post-holiday Monday going like fresh, unfounded Halo Infinite rumors. So people who reported on this kind of latched on to the fact that he said unfounded, that there is no evidence that or, you know, there's just nothing to base these uh, speculative rumors on. Um, kind of hinting that maybe they won't have a battle royale, at least at launch, or maybe ever. Who knows? Um, he did follow that up with, though, something that's kind of exciting. He said, by the way, yes, I'm aware we could help solve this with real news. We certainly have some things we're overdue on and eager to talk more about. We're in the process of pulling together a year-end update. So uh, we're almost at the end of the year. So within the next 30 days, if he makes good on that, we'll have some more Halo Infinite news. Yes, and I think people are clamoring for that for obvious reasons. We expected this game this holiday. We didn't get it. Uh, that That's, you know, past and gone. It doesn't matter at this point. Uh, but I would be... Sh- I'm, I'm glad that he said that these were unfounded rumors. I would be shocked if Halo Infinite got a Battle Royale mode. I just think that would kind of muddy the water with this game. I think, you know, 343 just needs to put out a good Halo game. I think that's what everyone wants. Yeah, and I'm sure that's after, you know, the delay and the reaction that Halo received when they revealed it, that their focus is just make this a good game. But I I do think that includes both, you know, the single player and the multiplayer uh, components. But um, just make it just make it good, man, because they need it. They really do. Xbox needs it. But I think everyone, I mean, even if you're not a huge Halo fan, like I would not consider myself a huge Halo fan, but. I want a good Halo game to come out soon. And that's yep. Halo Infinite. I, I hope that's how it turns out. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we will look forward to hearing more about that. If they do release a, uh, some information, we'll talk about it here on Preloaded. Moving on, we got some cyberpunk news. Uh, as we mentioned, that game is on. We are on the verge of playing that game. But they came out and talked a little bit about the multiplayer mode, uh, which is in development. It is a separate experience. And I have the article here. This is from Games uh, GameSpot. And I'm going to read the whole article. It's very short, uh, but they uh, pretty much cover everything. So here, here's what the article said. CD Projekt Red has cleared up some confusion about the upcoming multiplayer game set in Cyberpunk in the Cyberpunk 2077 universe. Executive Adam Kaczynski said during the company's latest earn- earnings briefing that it's not right to call it just a, quote, mode for Cyberpunk 2077. Instead, it should be thought of as a standard standalone product Quote, so first, we don't call it modes, Kaczynski said. It's a separate, dedicated production, a big production. We think about it as a standalone product. 
And the article went on to say the, C the Cyberpunk 2077 multiplayer game is connected to the single player game, but CD Projekt Red sees it, at, sees it as an, quote, independent production with a team working on it that's separate from the team building the single player game. So that's interesting. And then uh, Kaczynski went on to say that CDPR is purposefully keeping quiet on the multiplayer game right now and that it is likely to keep focus on building hype for Cyberpunk 2077 single player game. So, um, yeah. Oh, and that also they mentioned that it is this multiplayer component is set to come during Q. Wait, no. Kaczynski said people can expect news about the multiplayer game in Q1 of 2021. So any thoughts here, Jackson? Yes, this reminds me of how Rockstar treats their games and their multiplayer components. They treat them now as completely separate entities. And so this screams GTA Online to me. You know, this is going to have its own sort of ecosystem. It's going to be treated separately. Uh, while it is an extension of Cyberpunk, we all understand that these games, these online experiences can take on a life of their own. And I think it's a really smart way to approach it. And I think it's also smart to separate them when you're talking about them. Um, because again, this can be big enough to be a huge thing on its own. And I expect it to be. Yeah, me too. I think that uh, Rockstar set an example for a company like CDPR. I think they're one of the few developers that could do something similar. And, you know, all the money that GTA has made over the last five years is probably, I mean, in in all honesty, it's due to the online component of that game, not the single player component. Yes. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And so it, Q1 2021, that's not very far away, guys. So ex yeah, expect to hear something hopefully substantial very soon. Yeah, I almost read that as it was coming out in Q1 2021. I was like, <laughs> no, 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 that's wrong. So yeah, news about this will be very exciting to follow up on. Um, we also got a little bit of a cyberpunk I don't know if you could call it gameplay, but we got footage of the photo mode just this morning as we're, we're uh, getting ready for this podcast. CDPR released this trailer with the photo mode. It didn't show, didn't say anything. It just showed it. Um, but it is exciting. I think that, you know, people are going to come up with some crazy photos in this game. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if this is me being the 12 year old or in, uh, you know, my inner 12 year old coming out, but I think we're going to see a lot of boobs. <laughs> yes. Plenty of boobs, plenty of other things as well. Yep. Um, the one thing I saw people pointing out with the mode is that since see, uh, this game is first person, like you can't play it in third person outside of, I'm sure, mods are going to exist for that, um, that in the photo mode, you're able to completely turn the character around for certain poses, which is just something you haven't seen before with um, photo mode, at least yeah. not on a grand scale. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Actually, that was cool. Yeah, they had that scene with the explosion in the background and they kind of turned the player around and or yeah. the character around and uh, they were able to make different poses. So that is going to be a lot of fun. I have to say, I wasn't a big fan of photo mode until uh, Ghost of Tsushima and Assassin's Creed Odyssey, both of those games. Yes, I've been using photo mode like crazy in Valhalla. Yep. So uh, go check that out if you haven't seen it. It's a really fun trailer. It's almost like music video style. Um, very cool stuff. Uh, but moving on to... You know, we've been talking a lot about both GTA and Cyberpunk. Our next story is about GTA. So this morning I noticed a story. It actually was published on IGN. It's like this, it's almost like a feature length story that they published about this. I don't know why it was so long, but there is a potential Grand Theft Auto 6 teaser. So they, uh, Rockstar, all the way back on November 19th, tweeted out this very cryptic video that shows night vision footage of the setting of the latest. GTA Online 
heists that they are releasing. And within that, there are some coordinates that are that appear at the bottom of the screen. Well, someone decided to type those coordinates into Google Maps, and it takes you to this road in uh, it takes you to like a satellite image of this road in West Virginia that resembles the the Roman numeral six. And some people are saying, ah, this is just coincidence. My take is that this is absolutely a teaser. I don't see like Rockstar knows what they're doing. I don't see how this could be an accident. It's very interesting. Did you see this, Jackson? I did not. And so I was I was really pleased to see that you added this to the doc because um, it is fascinating and it is a big deal. Um, and Rockstar does stuff like this. They just do uh, with their yeah. teasing. Uh, so everyone, I mean, I feel like people have been asking about GTA 6 since the year after GTA 5 came out. So obviously this is going to be a colossal game. If this is an actual you know, thing, which who knows if like those were actual purposeful coordinates, like West Virginia seems very random. First off, I don't think that's going to be a setting uh, for a GTA game. I mean, we already have it in Fallout 76, right? Maybe it's a crossover. No, it it definitely (laughs) is not. But yeah, yeah, it's a very interesting breadcrumb. Yeah, yeah. That's the only piece that doesn't fit for me as well as West Virginia. But when we get into our predictions, I, I have worked it into one of my predictions. So Ooh, um, can't wait. Yeah, it's it's a fun conversation. But anyways, you should definitely check this out. And apparently I haven't explored it, but apparently the Reddit thread uh for GTA is like off the hook on this. <laughs> They're just going off uh of course with, they are with conspiracy theories. So if you're on, if you're a Reddit uh, uh peruser, that might be fun for you to check out. So moving on, we now have just one quick hit this week, just if you were looking forward to the Watchdogs Legion online mode. I think just as we had posted our last episode last week, uh, uh, Ubisoft announced that Legion's Watchdog, Watchdogs Legion's online mode is delayed until 2021. So if that's something you were hoping to get into, unfortunately, you have a little bit longer to wait. Yes, and I'm not too disappointed. Um, I think this is going to be hard for me to get into uh, right now with this busy schedule. Yeah, and you know, I I wasn't planning on getting into the multiplayer mode, but Watch Dogs has had kind of a rough road. I really liked the game, but there was that game-breaking bug right off the bat, and then they have this uh, save game bug. I don't know if you've heard about that on the Xbox. And I played it on Xbox, and I don't want to fire it back up because I don't want to lose my save. And they recently released a patch, and all it says in the patch notes is that we've further optimized the game to minimize any save any save data loss so they don't really say that they fixed the problem i'm really disappointed about that that's that's terrifying it really is and and big bugs like this do tank games so it's yeah. unfortunate so i don't know if i'm going to finish watchdogs which it was on my my agenda but maybe not anymore anyways we are now going to move on to our deep dive discussion where we are going to talk about our predictions for 2021 and uh we both have uh some predictions that we've made and um Jackson, let me know if you want to do this any other way, but I figure it's best if we just go back and forth. Maybe uh, you'll kick things off with a prediction, and then I'll make a prediction, and we'll just go back and forth. I think we each have five apiece. Yes. Um, Let's get into this. I'll I'll go ahead and kick it off like you mentioned. Uh, So for me, uh, my prediction is surrounding... My first one is surrounding Gotham Knights. I think this is a game that's going to be on a lot of people's radars um, and we saw some gameplay from it, and there's been so many comparisons to other looter shooters. It does seem 
uh, similar enough to be in that conversation. But my prediction for Gotham Knights is that it will come out next year and it will learn from the Avengers mistakes. I don't know if you've seen the articles recently about Avengers just not recouping like the development cost, which is a big problem because it t- spent a lot of money. They, uh, Yeah, it, it cost a lot of money to develop yeah. that game. Um, so it seems like Avengers going down the absolute worst possible timeline. Um, yeah. So I think that Gotham Knights will attempt to learn from the mistakes of that game and how it's turned out. I really hope so. And I, you know, it, it seems like from what I remember, Gotham Knights is just a two, you know, max two players. I could be wrong about that. Um, uh, it had something weird, not weird, but it had something. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's not the four player Avengers style. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope that you, I just hope you're right. And I, actually, I hope any um, uh, games as a service or, or you know, a uh, persistent online game that comes out learns from yeah not only um that game but also you know anthem and some of the other missteps that we've seen fallout 76 so right plenty of uh ways to learn what not to do with those games (laughs) yeah it seems like the the looter shooter in the live service is a little bit doomed yeah yep um so great prediction i really hope you're right i'm very much looking forward to that game uh, my first prediction, this is kind of my safe one that I think is almost a shoe in because, you know, we've kind of heard rumblings about it, but that the Resident Evil 4 remake will get revealed. I think it's going to get revealed very close to the launch of Resident Evil Village, and I think they're going to release it uh, in spring of 2022. So I, they may uh, that may be a bit far out to announce it, but I, I absolutely think this game is real. I think Resident Evil 4 is the next remake on the list, and we're going to get it the following year. Oh, I, Josh, I should have said this for the, for the, who the hell are these guys? I haven't completed Resident Evil 4, um, which feels gross to say out loud, because uh, I know <laughs> how, how much people uh, value that game. I'm actually right there with you. So I had kind of a break in my gaming history or whatever you want to call it. I stopped playing games to uh, focus on my career for a few years, and it was right around when Resident Evil 4 came out. And then I tried picking it up later and just I couldn't get into it because it seemed like the shooting mechanics were very tough for me to grab a hold of and just couldn't get into it. So I would I have it actually I have I think two copies of Resident Evil 4, one on my GameCube if I wanted or no, not GameCube, PS2 and then one on my uh, PS4. So I have no excuses. <laughs> yeah, and you could even pick up a third po- copy and play it on Wii if you wanted to with those motion <laughs> controls that looked like a lot of fun yeah so all right what do you got next so for me um this is a big one it's halo infinite Uh, obviously halo infinite is going to be huge next year and a lot of the conversation i think around games media uh, will be dominated by it Uh, it's been really dominated by cyberpunk for this year and it was halo infinite before we got the delay as well Um, but for next year i'm going to predict that halo infinite will launch Uh, holiday 2021 which i don't think that's like a hot take or anything i think that's what a lot of people expect but my hot takey part of it is that it'll actually be good there's a lot of conversation right now surrounding the fact that uh, 343 is spending so much money in development like when it's all said and done it'll be i think 600 million dollars spent developing this game which is astronomical jeez um I know, unless you're talking about like Grand Theft Auto. I think Grand Theft Auto posted a really high dev budget. But um, I'm going to predict that it'll be actually good, that they'll get their act together 
and that Halo will have a resurgence. Nice. Yeah, I actually had a Halo 4 prediction that uh, I took off my list once I saw you had one, but um, mine, I will get into it. Mine was that Halo will get released in November and that I said it will have an 85 critic average, 85% critic average on open critic. So I do think that will be a disappointing score for a lot of people, but I don't know. That's what I feel in my gut. I'm with you. I I think it'll be between like the heydays of Halo and the recent 343 games. I think it'll be better than what people have been getting, but not as good as, you know, it'll be hard to compare to what everyone kind of has the nostalgia for. Yeah. Yep. So Um, I agree. So my next prediction is uh, this is not really a game prediction, but I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in 2021 with um, events and conventions. Um, I do Uh. think that maybe by the end of the year, we might see one or two. And my prediction is that E3, now whether they do it in the summer or not, but E3 is going to attempt to do something in person. They're going to at the very least announce it. Whether it gets delayed or not, I don't know. But they're also going to try and do some sort of digital online component as well. I think they'd be foolish not to do that. But you know, E3, yeah. the the uh, what is the organization that puts it on? ESA. I say, the ESA. They are an organization. They want to stay around. They don't want to just go extinct. So they're going to try something, I believe. It's going to be very interesting to see what it is. I think at the very least, it'll have a digital component. And at the very most, they'll try to do something in person. That's fascinating. That's a really interesting conversation. I mean, we're in December. The next convention, at least in the States that I know is coming up soon is PAX South. That's yeah. in Texas. And that's near me. I've never been to a PAX South, but I can't imagine that we'll have a convention in January. But man, no. who knows in June, July, what we're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, fingers crossed that everything mm-hmm. is safe by then. But, you know, I have a feeling that if there's just a snowballs chance in hell that they can do something i think that they will because they you know they make a lot of money off of e3 they sure do they sure do those 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 passes are not cheap (laughs) no they're not and and it's even you know the what developers pay and studios pay to get a booth at e3 is i i've i heard once that one of the bigger booths was like 10 million bucks yeah, I think, was it the Breath of the Wild booth? Breath of the Wild had an amazing booth, and I'm yeah. sure that was not cheap. Yep. So anyway, that'll be an interesting thing to watch yeah, in 2021. It will be. It will be. Um, so for my next prediction, I'm going to be a Debbie Downer here and say that God of War Ragnarok, or whatever the sequel is going to be called, uh, will be delayed out of 2021. Um, I do don't think I think it's a little unrealistic to expect that game to come out um, sooner than that. I think that with what's happened in the world, that is also going to delay not only God of War Ragnarok, but a lot of games. Like, I think there's just an understood delay behind many games um, coming out next year because of COVID. So uh, but but Ragnarok, I think, will be pushed out of 2021 uh, it, it's just one of those games that also wasn't listed on that recent Sony State of Play little mashup where they showed like Ratchet and Clank, Horizon Zero, or Forbidden West, and I think one other game and said these games will come out in the first half of 2021. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't listed in that. So I think for those reasons, Ragnarok won't come out next year. 
I agree. And uh, that actually was one of my predictions that I uh, saw you had as well. And, um, you know, my logic here is also that does Sony really need God of War Ragnarok this year? They've got they've already got, you know, assuming that they meet their timelines on their other games, they've got Ratchet and Clank, Gran Turismo 7 and Horizon Forbidden West. Like, do they need a fourth heavy hitter in the year 2021? I don't think they do. That's a fair point. I think they'll want something. Uh, for, forgive me, I might be wrong. Is Horizon Forbidden West supposed to be the early part of next year or the latter part? I don't know off the top okay. of my head. It was in that trailer, though, that you referenced where there was some fine print saying these games are coming out at, at least in 2021. I don't know if it said early 2021. Okay. Um, yeah, I was just trying to fact check in my head. Like, if If Horizon Forbidden West comes out in the first part of next year then I would like to see another mm. big hitter in the latter part. But if, if if Horizon is supposed to be like Sony's September game or something like that, I think uh, I, I agree with you. I think they don't need Ragnarok. Yeah, but uh, that would be a bummer. Um, but as long as that game is as good as the previous one, you know, release it one. Take however long you need to take. Yes, that's the philosophy that I like to adopt for most things. Yep. Um, so. My next prediction is that uh, the this one might be on the safe side because uh, this has been rumored, but that the initiative, you know, Xbox's neck, uh, big studio that they uh, started from scratch in California um, is going to at some point in 2021 reveal uh, that they are, in fact, working on a Perfect Dark reboot and that that is going to get released. They're going to reveal that it's going to get released in 2022. Um, gotcha. I think there's a slight chance, slight chance we see that at the game awards but i just see that as too big of an announcement for the game awards if there is such a thing um so i see them doing it on their own in some other way so i i've never played perfect dark so i don't have that nostalgia for it yeah it's i mean i played it uh, it wasn't as i wasn't as fond of it as i was goldeneye but you know it's i i just feel like even for people who don't uh who maybe haven't played it i think that this uh world uh, the aesthetic of it. It's a first-person shooter, which I think is... I feel like Xbox and first-person shooters kind of go hand-in-hand. Hand. And so, yes. anyways, I think that it will play well for people who haven't yet played it. Um, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll be excited. And it, I, I always like coming back to games that have like a modern reimagining that I didn't play in the first place because it feels like in some way, I'm able to experience what people experienced forever ago, but with a modern kind of finish. Yeah. So that's what I got. Awesome. Um, are we on number four? I think we're on number four. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I kind of lost track. I mean, I've got uh, I've got some others that we can get into at my <laughs> one in particular. Okay. Um, gotcha. Um, so for my next one, I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to be another Debbie Downer here. I'm going to say that Elden Ring is not going to come out next year. And there's a lot of rumors about Elden Ring being at the Game Awards, so I may be eating my words very, very soon here because they might come out with a release date. But even then, I think there's a high likelihood that it gets delayed into 2022, pretty much for the same reasons that I already laid out for, for Ragnarok. I think that what's been happening in the world is going to delay everything. Yeah, I would be bummed. I think wasn't this game, was it initially scheduled to come out this year or was it always scheduled for 2021? I think it was initially revealed in 2019, right? Yeah. Elden Ring. And it was at 
the Game Awards, was it not? I think so. Yeah, it's just a short yeah. teaser. Yeah, just a short teaser. And so I, I think people were always kind of wary about when this thing would actually come out. And oh, this thing is going to come out when it comes out. Um, so maybe it was like tacitly understood that it was going to come out this year, but I don't think many people yeah. expected it to. Yeah, yeah. I would be bummed if it got delayed. I mean, just coming off of Demon Souls, which is my still after you know a week after finishing it, it's still my game of the year actually. Uh, so I freaking love that game. Can't wait to see whatever From Software comes up with next. My only hope is that um, I always forget the guy's name. Is it Miyazaki? Uh, I just closed the tab. Let me reopen it. I do. I but before I answer that question, it was revealed at E3 2019. Okay, so wow. Yeah, his name is uh, Miyazaki. Yeah, so I know he's got his aesthetic that he likes. I mean, he's uh, these games are so they're they're dark, they're gothic, and um, I would like to see. Even though this is Game of Thrones, which is kind of dark and gothic, I would love to see an, a bit of a different aesthetic from what we've seen in the Souls games and Demon Souls. Some, you know, Sekiro did it. They that, that was totally different, uh, just visually. So I'd love to yeah. see where they could take it, so it doesn't feel like I'm just constantly crawling through you know these dark dungeons and um i don't know uh, that's the only criticism i have of the of of his games is they all kind of feel similar to me visually speaking yes i'm with you there same thing on, on sekiro i'd love for it to be unique like that game yeah so we'll see yeah i hope it comes out next year um so one uh thing that i was thinking about that has been kind of rumored again is uh the switch pro um, or whatever it ends up being, Switch 2.0. And I do think we're going to see that in 2021. Um, the rumors have been that it's actually coming out in the spring. I just don't see that happening. I think that Nintendo is going to release an update to the Switch, and I think it'll be more than an update. I think this is going to be like their um, way to compete with next gen, which to me says it's got to be more than just like higher resolution and faster. I think they're going to uh, go all out with it, and I do think it's going to release release alongside Breath of the Wild too. Oh, and in fall, I I don't know if I mentioned that. Okay, yeah, man, I haven't even considered Breath of the Wild too, but it they would be very wise to position their next Switch around that game because that game's going to be massive. Yeah, and I'll even amend that. I I thought about this. I think that Breath of the Wild two, if they do that, might they might try and do what PlayStation and Xbox are doing and make it somehow compatible with both the switch and whatever the switch 2.0 is um because there i think there's something like 60 million switches out there right now so i think that would be <laughs> that'd be a good they move. would be dumb to not to not make it compatible yeah yeah uh, that's a good point so uh yeah i don't know i was trying to think what else could nintendo release um you know to to bolster the launch of a new switch um i remember reading an article a while ago that the insider's are saying one of the reasons they haven't announced a ton of bangers in the latter half of 2020 is that they're saving their hand to play when they show off their new Switch. So, but I just don't know what else. I don't think, I think it's too soon for a new Mario game. Um, maybe not. Maybe there could be like Mario Odyssey 2, but I just don't know what else Nintendo could have up their sleeve. I'm not the biggest Nintendo guy, so these things could be debunked and I just don't even know it, but... Uh, maybe the next Metroid game. Oh, um, I don't know why that didn't occur to me. Yes, Metroid Prime 4 is uh, in development. Yeah, that that comes to mind. And I had one more in my mind, but uh, it's slipped me again. Yeah, I mean, 
it's for some reason I'm drawing a total blank right now as as evidenced by the fact that I forgot Metroid Prime 4 but that would be a great one yeah I think it's time for another Splatoon um they could easily rope that in yeah a uh, to, to a to a Switch Pro uh, I know not not as big a franchise as, as the other ones but um yeah I I think I'm I'm liking the direction Nintendo is going in though I don't know about you but since the Switch has come out they're publishing more games um it's more accessible i really love that yeah yeah the switch is a great console i haven't been playing it as much as i would like to recently but uh there was a time when in fact my channel actually got its start covering switch content and uh there was a time when i was just playing nothing but my nintendo switch it's a great console yeah yeah i love mine too yeah so uh, so i've got one more planned prediction and then i have some others in my head if we want to keep going um so for me, I'm going to say that one Xbox like big exclusive is going to come out sooner than expected. And for me, it's between two games. It's uh, Playground Games Fable game that they briefly teased recently yep. and Avowed, which is Obsidian's RPG. And I think out of these two, I had to expect Fable before Avowed. Uh, just because we have been hearing rumblings of a Fable game. We had a canceled Fable project. Like I'm sure they've been working on Fable in some capacity for a while now. So I'm going to say that a Fable game is going to come out next year. I think that is a great prediction. I would be surprised if yeah, Xbox didn't release at least one other big exclusive other than Halo in 2021. And yeah, I think I remember hearing... The rumor that back when it was a rumor that Playground Games was working on on Fable, I think I remember hearing that maybe as early as 2017. If not, it was definitely 2018. It's been you know known for a while, so uh, if they've been working on it that long. I would I would expect to see it pretty soon. Me too. And I, just an aside, I love the Fable games. They're so fun, and just to have one of those nostalgic experiences and go back and play that franchise would would really make 2021 special for me. Yeah, Fable is a total blind spot for me. I've never played a game, but I know that they okay. have that kind of humorous, uh, irreverent tone, and um, I I love yeah. games that pull that <laughs> off. And you know, if they can do that in that setting, I'd be all all I'd be totally down for that. Yeah, and like morality, it was one of the first games that featured like a morality system, which I always latched onto, and then that got me into Fallout and Mass Effect and all these other kinds of games that use those systems. Yeah, and a fun little bonus prediction here. I just heard on a. Uh, um, podcast that i listened to yesterday apparently jeff grubb if you don't know he works for venture beat or games beat he's kind of an industry insider apparently he heard that playground games is also planning on releasing the next um horizon uh forza horizon game before the next forza motorsports so we might see mm. forza horizon 5 before uh people expect to which would be also a game i'd look forward to yeah that's fascinating i'm always into yeah, racing games. For some reason, Gran Turismo is a blind spot for me in games. I've never played those games seriously, but mm -hmm. uh, like another Horizon on a next-gen console sounds awesome. Yeah, Horizon 4 was awesome. Super great game. So now I'm going to get into my, my the, the GTA prediction that I <laughs> um, came up with that I alluded to earlier. And this I just pulled this out of my hat uh, after I read the news this morning about that teaser. I personally think that that Again, was deliberate by Rockstar. I don't see how it isn't. So my prediction is that GTA 6 will get revealed or announced in 2021. And I was trying to think, all right, this whole West Virginia thing doesn't fit. But all of the big GTA games 
take place in parodies of U.S. cities that are have a very clear identity, right? You have like Miami for Vice City. Um, Los Santos is Los Angeles. Um, uh, Liberty City was New York City. So I'm like, what city has a identity that, or like a distinct identity that Rockstar hasn't rebuilt yet? D.C., Washington, D.C. So West Virginia is just right next door. Maybe that's maybe there's some connection there. And the Washington, D.C., Baltimore area is a big metropolitan area. It's very interesting, has a clear identity. And so I think that GTA 6 is going to satirize the um, – this might be taking a little too far for some people. <laughs> but I think they're going to satirize American politics, especially over the last four years. Oh. Uh, so that would be my prediction. Wow. That's bold, and I love it. Yeah. That would be so, a wild game. It would be. Yep. I mean, I, <laughs> it, it just made sense to me. Of course, I could be way off. I probably am. Um, but it seems like it would be I, – I think D.C. would be a fascinating city to explore. I've uh, appreciated when games have gone there like The Division 2 did. There's another game that I can't remember that was in D.C. But um, Fallout. Fall, there's a Fallout yeah. in D.C., Fallout 3. Yep. Um, or so, at least around that area. DC is fascinating. I'm totally there with you. Um, Boston is a, another fascinating city. One of my favorite things to do is to daydream about GTA settings just because yeah. it's such a distinct uh, IP that does that so well. Well, uh, to um, whet your appetite a little bit, I even went a little further. <laughs> I was wondering whether I would go here because I think this is like pie is super pie in the sky. But so GTA Online, I don't know if they're ever going to get like a better playground than los santos or mm-hmm. it is los santos for gta 6 right that's, yeah uh, for yeah. gta 5 yeah yeah gta 5 anyway like that's such a good playground los angeles southern california perfect for an online setting like that i don't think that dc would be quite as as interesting for an online a gta online so i was like what if they you know kind of do that multiplayer rollout like we mentioned earlier where they they work on it separately and they roll it out separately maybe in 2023 or maybe even four, I don't know. What if GTA Online 2 is the whole East Coast? Like you have Vice City, whatever the middle city is, and then Liberty City. Ooh. That that would do it. <laughs> that would do it. Yeah, no more games. Wrap it up. That's the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, just expanding the scale is something that I think we'll see uh, games like GTA Online and even Cyberpunk. I think Cyberpunk may choose to do that and expand the scale of its world for the online version. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I I went off on a total <laughs> adventure there. No, you're good. Um, I I have one more little collection of predictions, and I call them a collection because they're uh, they're Ubisoft related. Um, so for me, I, I'm going to say that there will be another Ghost Recon game coming out in 2021. Um, instead of Splinter Cell. I think there's a lot of people expecting Splinter Cell and they're going to continue to be sad and I'm not rooting against you guys, but that just seems to be the direction that Yubi's going in. Uh, Breakpoint was disappointing, but Wildlands was very successful for them. So I see them taking another crack at that pretty soon here. Um, And then my next one is that there won't be another Assassin's Creed next year. Um, There's been some rumors that that there will be another Assassin's Creed game. I just don't see that with the the, the season pass um, for Valhalla and all of the reports about how well the game is selling. People are buying this game and Ubisoft is going to continue to invest into that game. Um, So 
for me, I would be very, very surprised to see another AC next year. Yeah, I would too. I just don't see, especially with their post-launch rollout for Valhalla, it seems like they would just be um, selling that game completely short to release another one in 2021. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So uh, is that it for you? Yeah, that's all I've got. All right, well, uh, maybe in uh, a year's time, we'll come back and see how uh, horribly wrong we were. (laughs) (laughs) That is how these things tend to go. Yep. Uh, so interesting stuff. Uh, we're just right around the corner from next year. So uh, maybe some of this will come true or not sooner rather than later. Anyways, we're now going to take our second break. When we get back, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. We'll be right back. And we're back. We are now going to talk about what we've been playing this past week. And I don't know about you, Jackson, but uh, I have been playing a whole lot of Immortals phoenix rising yes i have two i've I've actually been playing more valhalla because it's such a (laughs) long game but nice uh yes i've been playing a lot of immortals as well and kind of like we alluded to at the top uh, i think it's a really solid game i'm a little worried i made a video about how i i think it's gonna fly under the radar because if it's when it's releasing and all the bad you know noise background noise surrounding it Mm. but just based on playing the game itself within just the merits of the game, I think it's a really good one. Yeah, me too, man. I am loving this game. I would definitely recommend anyone who likes, um, you know, obviously open world games, but really, you know, exploration focused open world games. And um, if you don't like puzzles, I would stay away from it. But if you like puzzles and um, the, the combat is, is I think, pretty decent. I don't. It's not a very deep combat system, but it's satisfying to me. And uh, the way I'm able to upgrade my abilities and develop my combat style, love that. Um, how you actually, um, you know, I was watching a review from Skill Up. I don't want to, uh, you know, I, I just want to mention that that's where I got this from. But he made a really great point that the exploration in this game is really visual. Like you find where you want to go next with your eyes is the way he put it. And that is different from games like Assassin's Creed or other open world games that might just drop all these locations on your map and then you just go there. You actually have to seek out where you want to go next using your vision, which is interesting. Right. But it's almost like if Assassin's Creed, just going back to that, if Valhalla didn't have the little mysteries and stuff and instead opted to use Suna and your Raven in the same way that Farsight mm-hmm. works in Immortals then it would be the opposite. Like it would be the same as Immortals, yeah. right? It, it's yep. kind of like, I, I do agree with him there, the Farsight mechanic. And it, it really reminds me as well as uh, of, excuse me, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, that game is also very visual. It mm-hmm. does have the question marks on the map. So you still have that element of it. But the guiding wind, you have to use your eyes to follow that in order to get to your destination instead of, you know, having the game tell you what's over there, which I love. Yeah, and you know, a lot of um at least in the comments, the few comments I got on the video I posted, it's not performing very well. But you know, one of the comments was talking about how, or actually a few of them, how this is just too close to Breath of the Wild. And um it is very similar to Breath of the Wild, but I think it's it's different enough for me, at least in terms of the setting. You know, the 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 Golden Isle where this game takes place is absolutely stunning and just begs to be explored. Everywhere you look, there's something cool to do or something somewhere to go. Um, but the kind of the analogy I thought of is like if Breath of the Wild, that that's like the Disneyland of video games. It's like, you know, the the theme park that Disney builds is as immersive as it gets. It's the top of the line experience. And if so, if 
Breath of the Wild is Disneyland. Immortals Phoenix Rising is like Six Flags, where it's still <laughs> a ton of fun, but it's just not quite as magical. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, the, and the art style, I actually think, takes what Breath of the Wild did and makes it better. Um, mm-hmm. That might be a little hot takey there, but like the fact that this game runs on next-gen consoles and PC and looks like the way that it does, and then you've got Breath of the Wild that just is running on a Switch. Yeah. I mean, put these games side to side and tell me I'm wrong. I, I really do think that Immortals looks better than Breath of the Wild. Um, and you'd expect it to. It's a th- three years you know, removed from that game. Um, but visually, I think it's stunning. I think the combat is so well made, so smooth, so responsive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's an, a, a feature of the game that's flying under the radar. I think it has great combat. Yeah, I put uh, uh, the video I posted on my channel was like, you know, essential tips for, uh, you know, when you're starting out and two of them were around the combat and how like if you focus on stunning your enemies, which you can do just like in Valhalla, you can really tailor your build to just destroy your enemies. If you focus on stun on the on the stun mechanic, that's what I did. And I found it totally satisfying. So again, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on the combat. I love it. And uh, I would highly recommend anybody who is looking for something maybe before cyberpunk to just keep them busy. Uh, this is a fantastic game. And if you wait till 2021, just don't sleep on it. It's a great game. Yeah. And like Josh said, it's puzzle heavy. That's bad mm-hmm. for some people. Great for me. I yep. I love puzzles and I love these puzzles. I think they're really well made. Me too. And, and it introduces new mechanics. How far are you through the game, by the way? So I'm only about... I would say close to 10 hours, so not super okay. far, but you're going to say they introduced no, new mechanics later? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't want to get too spoilery, but like through through the, the actual quest lines that you have to follow on each of the gods that you have to, um, you know, help out. Right. I guess I'll say, um, yeah, they do re- introduce some new mechanics um, in those specific dungeons, and it gets really interesting. So, um, yeah, and by the way, I'm like 40 hours in, and I've still got a bit <laughs> a ways to go. So okay. it's a big game. Yeah, um, it, I, that was one of my worries, actually. Are you doing a lot of side content, just out of curiosity? I, I did, yeah. I did. Okay. I've done a ton of side content. I think I've okay. beat like 30 of the vaults, and I've done all of the side quests that the gods give you, which is a, quite a few. So, yeah, okay. you could probably beat this game in... And actually, in Skill Up's review, I think I read or heard he beat it in like 25 hours. Gotcha. Anyways, so that's what we've been playing. Anything you want to say on Assassin's Creed or you want to move on? Oh, just that I'm 90 hours in and uh, it's it's a bit long for me. Uh, I, I'll <laughs> just leave it at that. I plan to make a video about it, but I think it's a bit too long of a game for me. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, that is a long time to play a game. Yeah. So, all righty. Well. We are now going to move on to our mailbag. Every week we read one of your questions here on the show. Uh, you can write into preloaded, uh, preloaded podcast at gmail.com if you want to ask us a question and uh, see if we read it on the next week's show. Again, that's preloaded podcast at gmail.com. And this week, Max asks, something I've been wondering a lot lately is why Valhalla was not on the Game of the Year contender list. Is this due to critical bias or because Valhalla was released so late in the year? Is it possible that it could be a contender for 2021? So, uh, Jackson, do you have any thoughts about this? 
Yes, uh, Max, thank you for your question. The, the, la- the latter part of your question here, um, it's not because Valhalla was released so late. It was in contention. It did release in, in the window that it needed to. It just wasn't nominated. And um, I, I think the reason for this is I don't think it deserves a nomination. Um, and this is someone who's covered Valhalla very extensively. Um, I think Valhalla is a good, almost great game. It's, it's it's great. I think it's a great game, but it is just not at that level for me. For, for one reason or another, I could talk about this forever. Um, I think, though, at the surface level, I think it's because it's uh, it's a sequel and it doesn't it changes things, but it's not revolutionary enough, I think. Um, so that would be the first reason for me. And the second one is I don't think it's polished enough. It's still a very buggy game. So that's my reason. Yeah, there were some technical issues for sure. Um, even if they weren't, uh, they didn't like necessarily interrupt the experience. They definitely affected it. And I do think that there is. Um, I don't think that it's critical bias, but I think that Ubisoft sticks to a very. Um, it's a very proven formula, but it is a formula. They like the, formulaic is probably the word I would use to describe their games. Even Immortals, which I'm loving, is still a very formulaic open world game, and I don't think that that is um, gonna cut the mustard when you get to something as prestigious as a game of the year um, nomination. I think you really have to um, do something different. And um, now some people might look at the noms or the games that got nominated and say, this didn't do anything different or that didn't do anything different. But I just think that um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is what people kind of expect and expected, I don't think is going to get you a game of the year nomination. That's a great way of putting it. I completely agree with that. Um, yeah, and and was Odyssey nominated for Game of the Year in 2018? I want to say that it was. I don't um, know. And, and if there's one Assassin's Creed game that deserved it, I think that might have been it. So for that one, that one was d- almost different enough from Origins and actually tried different things and added like dialogue options and, and so on and so forth. Now, it's not to say that Valhalla isn't enough and tried didn't try different things. It does try different things, but it was so unique, and a lot of people really liked the way that it was unique enough, I think, to be on that list. But for some reason, Valhalla doesn't really get there. Yeah, I agree. I think the one thing that, like, I do think Assassin's Creed games do better than almost any other game, save maybe like The Witcher, is uh, world building. Just these mm-hmm. gigantic worlds that they build are gorgeous and detailed. And um, that if there if there was an award for the you know best world <laughs> in a game, uh, there would I, I can't see how these wouldn't get nominated for something like that. But yeah, uh, I'm with you there. So, anyways, Max, uh, thank you for writing in, and everyone else again. If you want to hear us talk about your question, write into preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. And with that, we are going to wrap things up. Before we get into the final details, anything you want to plug on your channel, Jackson? Yes. Um, I think I have a couple of videos on my uh, on my channel this week, but I recently uploaded one about Valhalla's combat, and uh, it's about how it's fun and flawed. I think there's some issues with the combat. So it's more of a very specific deep dive into one game mechanic of one game. So if you're into that sort of thing, uh, check me out on my YouTube channel. If you want to follow me on social media, I'm at JV on YT on Twitter and JV.YT on Instagram. Nice. And I recently posted a video. I mentioned it earlier. It's the, uh, you know, I think 11 tips that I came up with for uh, people just jumping into Immortals Phoenix Rising. So if you're planning on playing, uh, I'd definitely appreciate it if you check that out. 
And you can find me on social media. I'm at Quest Mode Games on both Twitter and Instagram. And that is going to do it for us. If you, again, are listening on any of the audio platforms, definitely subscribe and leave us a review if you're enjoying the show. And if you're on YouTube, drop us a like and leave us a comment, and we'd love to uh, interact with you there. With that, we will see you next week. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.